If you're a young professional looking to transition or just feeling stuck and not sure what to do or where to go, the next question you need to answer is, which of these options allows me to do work that is redeeming for myself, others, and the world? Hi, my name is Ava, and this is your Truth For Your 20s podcast with Mama. Peace. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Upward. Upward is a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. If that describes you, make sure you head over to the App Store and download the Upward app today. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. My name is Katie, and today we are talking all about the young professional and what you want to be when you grow up and how to decide that huge decision. And with that expertise brings me to my guest, Todd Linder, who is just doing incredible things with a company called LaunchPoint. Basically, they help young professionals take the right next steps toward a career they want with confidence. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, Katie, I am so excited to be here right now. This is awesome. Yes. Okay. So Todd, tell us what you do now, and then I'd like to hear how you got there. Well, you said it pretty well. We help young professionals really who are feeling stuck. They want to transition, but maybe they don't have the language to say why, or they look at all the options in front of them and they get overwhelmed, or maybe they're just fearful that they might make a mistake. They might pick the wrong thing, or they might burn a bridge if they leave where they are. And we help them to, we guide them along the journey of navigating what it's like and how to articulate those things. And then what's really fun is we're not just talking, we're not just giving content. We make sure there's action at the end of that. So we are all about getting people moving towards a career that they want. And you offer all of this online? Yes. So we've got a program that we offer. It's a coaching program. We have on-demand content got five or six weeks of coaching that we do as a part of that. And then there's also an online community that our participants come and be a part of, which is awesome because they get to post their assignments from the program and they get to encourage each other, but they also get to network. And we've actually had a couple people in our programs get jobs from networking within the group, which is super fun. So it's, it's fun to get, we really, we get to host that community, which is awesome. I love that. And I I was just thinking I should probably tell our guest how we met. And essentially, it was through networking. So there's this app called Clubhouse, which a lot of 20-somethings don't even know what that is yet. But it's a a fairly new social media app where um, it's just audio and people go into, quote, rooms with different themes like uh, speed networking. It might have been where we met. I can't remember. And just like get to know each other. 
And, you know, I said, hi, I'm Katie. I do the Truth For Your 20s podcast, you know, whatever I said. And you said, hi, my name is Todd. You know, I help young professionals figure out what they want to do when they grow up. You probably said it more eloquently than that. And um, I was like, we need to be friends. So that that's how I just want to explain how we made that connection. <laughs> yeah, right on. It was, it was Clubhouse. And man, it was, I click, I remember clicking on your profile and looking at your Instagram is like, I need to get in contact with this girl. This is awesome. I love what you are doing, Katie. And I just I just do need to say this. I love what you're doing with the Truth For Your 20s podcast and everything else. I just got done listening to what's at this time, the last released episode, episode 69, this kind of open letter to the college grad. And you were dropping some truth bombs in there and encouraging people and helping them see who, what their value is and who they can be. And I, I was just getting so excited. It's like, we're going to drop some truth bombs. We're going to help some of these awesome ladies out on their journey. So I'm pumped to be uh, here and to have gotten to meet you through Clubhouse. You're too kind. You're too kind. It's funny. I'm, I'm just so thankful for the opportunity that people listen to what I have to say. So I appreciate it. And yes, Clubhouse is a great tool. And I'm so thankful that, um, that we were able to meet. So how did you get in to this whole idea of helping young people find their dream career and do what you're doing now? Totally. Well, there's really two main parts of this. The first is that I worked at a church in Atlanta, Georgia. It's a pretty big church. And I got to start their intern program and their residency programs. And through that, we had a lot of graduates that came through their one, two, three years out of school, and we get to do some spiritual development with them and kind of guide them and mentor them of, hey, how do you succeed in the workplace day to day? That was kind of my job. But the biggest question that I kept hearing over and over and over and over and over again is, what do I do with my life for work specifically? And when I was in my mid-20s, I was feeling something similar. I was, I enjoyed the job and I enjoyed the people that I was working with, but there was something that was off and I just couldn't figure out what it was, but it started getting more irritated and frustrated and overwhelmed. And I started to think, man, I probably need to find something else, or I probably need to start looking at what's next. And Katie, I'm not kidding. I was in that like place for three years. I was just stuck and it got worse and worse. And then I got married in the middle of that, which complicated things. Marriage is awesome. I recommend it for those of you that are called to that, but it just got, life got a little bit more complicated. And over the course of a long period of time, I went from stuck to overwhelmed, to anxious, to honestly depressed. And I was just not in a good spot at all. And then actually my mother-in-law, funny enough, said, hey, there's this master's program that I think you would really enjoy. It's kind of the stuff you talk about. I think you would really enjoy it. It was a master's of organizational leadership. And so I looked into it. I applied for it. I got in. And the premise of the whole program was that you can't lead other people to be more healthy and you cannot lead organizations to be more healthy if you yourself one, are not healthy, and two, cannot lead yourself to be healthy. And that's not just for organizations, right? We can't lead anyone if we cannot lead ourselves. 
We cannot help anyone become really healthy unless we ourselves are healthy. And so as a part of this program, my cohort and I went through, I'm not kidding, three months of essentially group therapy (laughs) as a part of the beginning of the program. And it's not what I expected. I expected to be learning about organizational structure and how to have conflict conversations. But what we learned was how to understand where we are in terms of who we are. And that three months, Katie, completely changed my life. I went from stuck and overwhelmed and anxious to free. And I got clarity for myself and I got confidence in who I was in the future. And that's what, it's what I call my breakthrough moment. It wasn't really a moment. It was more like a breakthrough month. But after this period of time, my marriage got better. I changed jobs. We moved to a new part of the city we were living in so that we could chase our dreams better. I was a new person in a lot of ways. And with any good thing that you experience, you talk about it. And so I would talk about this. I was stuck and I was overwhelmed. And then I would tell my friends or tell people we would go out to dinner with back when you could do that. Um, (laughs) And probably three out of four of them would either in the moment or later say, Todd, I am where you were, but I don't know how to get to where you are. Can we grab lunch? Can we grab coffee? Can we grab dinner? Can we get a phone call? And I'm not kidding. After about 200 of those conversations, I realized, man, there is a huge need here. I thought I was alone. I thought I was isolated. And that's side note, that's a good word for somebody. Whatever you're experiencing that like loneliness or isolation or anxiety or overwhelm, it feels like you're alone. You're actually not. And I was fortunate to be on the other side of that and figure that out. But in that moment, I realized, okay, I'm not alone. This is not unique to me. And I really enjoy helping people. And that sent my wife and I on a long journey towards figuring out how could we do this as our jobs? Like we love helping people already. This is super relevant to who we are. We have the personal experience here. Let's do something. And then with COVID, it kind of all got accelerated. And that's how we started LaunchPoint. Wow. Okay. This is all so good. And you, you noted it, but I have to point out that yes, anytime we're going through junk, I don't know if it's devil or what you want to call it, but it is normal to feel like you're the only one. I hear that so often. Like, and I thought I was the only one who felt this way. And that is just not true. And then the other thing that I heard in all that is your mess becomes your message, you know, because you're walking through this, you know, not feeling satisfied and not where, where do I go with my life and all that kind of stuff. And through this eat, pray, love journey, if you will. <laughs> You now help so many other people. So I, I love this. Um, 100%. Okay, so, 100%. Yes. All right. So talk to me. You have these four questions that you established to kind of help people weed through all of the questions that are tossing around in their brain as it relates to making these huge decisions with their life. And I love it that you broke it down into those kind of bite-sized ways to wrap your head around, you know, what they say, like eat the elephant one bite at a time kind of thing. And right. And that's... What do I do with my life? Oh my gosh, that sounds so overwhelming. Well, here's four questions to help you frame this into bite-sized nuggets. So anyway, tell us what those four questions are and how to unpack them. Yeah, and this is really for if you're feeling stuck or confused 
on where to go. Because a lot of times we get in our major and we have some career counselor who says, all right, well, you have to use your major in this way. And then we go and we do that for one, two, three, four, sometimes five plus years. And we realize, oh my gosh, this is not at all what I want to do. I really am exhausted by this. Something needs to change. And so it's in that inflection point. These are the four questions. And honestly, there are a lot of questions that are really great questions. But these are the four main questions that you need to answer when you're going through that period of time. So the first one is, what is the decision that you have to make? Now, that seems really obvious, right? Because of course, it's like we're making a decision. Are we going to go here? Are we going to go here? What's next? But the decision that we really are making when it comes down to it, when we boil it down is, do I want to stay on my current path or not? If I stay in this job, if I stay in this position, if I stay right where I am, do I want to go down this path? Do I want to continue down this path? And if the answer is, well, actually, yes, I do, then we can pivot into the question and the decision, well, what do I need to change in order for this to be better? So, so often something feels wrong or something feels off and we think, oh, well, I'll just change jobs because that's the solution. When we haven't actually identified what the issue is itself. That's why this is question one. What's the decision you have to make? Because we can't, some of us are quick starts and we see a potential solution. So we just go for it. Some of us are overthinkers. We're on the other side of that. Actually, John Acuff, great author at, at the time of this recording, came out recently with a great book called Soundtracks. And in it, he said that he interviewed 10,000 people and 99.5% of those people said they struggle with overthinking. Oh, wow. 99.5%. That means out of 10,000 people, only 50, 50 people struggle or don't struggle with overthinking. So when we're making the decision, we have to make the right decision. We have to identify what the right decision is, and that's going to eliminate a lot of that overthinking. And then with that, and this is kind of like a sub question. So it's really five questions. It's like A and B of number one. What are your options? We need to list out actually what our options are. And the reason that we need to do this is because the way our brain works is that we actually make uh, decisions faster when we're eliminating from a big list rather than just trying to pick one thing. So Katie, I'll give you an example. If you and your husband we're going out to dinner. This may have happened to you before. This happens all the time for me and my wife. But if you and your husband were going out to dinner and he said to you, okay, what do you want? A lot of the time, the answer is what? I, I don't, don't know, know. Whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> right. And part of that is because we're not in the framework or frame of mind to say that. But part of it is because there's so many options, but yeah. we're not quite aware of what all the options are. But if he came to you and said, okay, Katie, tonight, you and me, we're going on a date. What do you, do you want? Pizza, Chinese, Mexican, Tex-Mex, or Chick-fil-A? Chinese, obviously. Chinese. <laughs> but because in your mind, it was, well, I don't want this and I, I don't want pizza. Yeah. 
I don't want Chick-fil-A because that doesn't feel like a date. I don't, <laughs> right? I, I don't want Mexican. Too. I could go Tex-Mex. Well, we'll go. <laughs> we'll go options. Yeah. Right. But you've narrowed it down. And that's the yeah. point of listing out your options is once you list them out, one, you know what they are. So you don't have to think, am I missing an option? Am I missing an option? And then you can start narrowing it down because it's really easy to start crossing things off the list when you have a list. It's hard to pick from a list that is only half written, right? So that's question one, A and B. (laughs) What is the decision you have to make and what are your options? And then um, making me think of, um, I remember Brian and I took us like a, I don't know, married test or personality test at one point. And it made me laugh because one of the questions is, are you decisive? And I said, yes. Well, I don't know. What do you think? (laughs) And Brian's (laughs) like, I'm going to circle no. (laughs) That's Um, awesome. And I have to point out, so my background is in marketing and you're 100% right. There's all these studies done on this. Like even when it comes to say people who make Smucker's jams, right? When you have 700 options of jelly, you're like, I just want something to go with my peanut butter. But when you have like three, it is a way people actually, the sales go up when you have fewer options. So anyway, just want to confirm what you're saying is 100% true. Totally. And actually the next three questions speak into exactly what you were just saying. I was in the grocery store this last weekend. I was craving some cereal because I'm still a kid at heart. So I went to the grocery store and there's so many options there. And I just got, I just stood there. And I think I, I think I walked up and down the aisle probably three times. Just like, what do I, what do I actually want? But With these questions two, three, and four, these are actually what help to narrow those options down to those small group of options that you were just talking about. So I'll go through these a little bit more quickly, but after we define what the decision is, after you list out all of what your options are, which feels really overwhelming at first, the next question, if you're a young professional looking to transition or just feeling stuck and not sure what to do or where to go, the next question you need to answer is which of these options, so the ones you just listed out, which of these options allows me to do work that is redeeming for myself, others, and the world? And Katie, I really think this question is not asked enough when we talk about career, right? Because it's which of these options allows me to do work that is redeeming? Is that not the purpose of work? to redeem the world that we're living in. If we're doing work for us and just for us, we're not living on mission. We're not living with purpose. And that's not what we're called to. We're not called to do work just for the benefit of us. Now we can receive benefits for sure, a hundred percent. And we are fortunate enough to live in a world where a lot of people can be compensated fairly for their work or even overcompensated for their work. But we need to be focusing in and asking that question, what of these options allows me to do work that is redeeming for myself, others, and the world? And before I stop between question two and three, I just want to define redeeming really quickly. Redeeming, and this is, a, this is the Todd Linder definition, so I'm not taking this 100% from uh, dictionary.com, so don't at me if this isn't working <laughs> for you. But it's essentially, when it comes to work, it's either to do something that heals or fixes what is broken or to create something to 
to fill a gap where people have needs. So if you're contributing or you have the opportunity or these options help you to do something that heals or fixes something that's broken with yourself, with other people or the world, or you get to create something that fills a gap where people or the world have needs, that's the first question after you make your list of options that you need to be asking. And what's really fun about this is you get to start crossing off now because some of those things you can cross off the list right off the bat. If you want to be a professional pillow tester for some of you guys, that could be really redeeming in your mind. Like (laughs) sleep, more people have anxiety than ever before and they don't sleep and sleep medications through the roof. People need better pillows to help them out. That could be redeeming. And for some of you, it's like, that is a total waste of my time. That's a total waste of my efforts and not redeeming. Although laying on a pillow sounds really appealing as a job to get to be paid for that, that's not necessarily redeeming for you. Does that make sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. And you've probably heard of this. I think I heard it through Dave Ramsey teaching, but there was a study where it was like, okay, you know, they got some, some workers to dig a hole and then at the end of the day, fill the hole back in. And it's like, okay, tomorrow come back, but I'll pay you twice as much and do the exact same thing. So it's essentially pointless work, digging a hole, filling it back in. But then the next day we'll pay you even three times. And then they, even though they offered to pay the people double what they were paid, this went on, this experiment went on for a week. Something like only three people showed up at the very last day for this pointless work, because it's not just about a paycheck. It's for what you said, we, we probably didn't know how to put words around it, but we all want to do redeeming work. I love wow. that. I've yeah. not heard that before. I love that example. Yeah, so good. Okay, so does this lead us to number three? That leads us to number three. And so there's going to be a pattern here that we're all going to see. It's which of the options allows me to do work that's redeeming for myself, others, and the world. That's number two. Then cross off the list the things that don't apply. So we're going to do that again in question number three, but this time it's which of these options helps me to become more of who I want to be. And I say who very intentionally, not helps me become where or helps me to go where I want to go or do what I want to do, but helps me to become more of who I want to be. And The main reason for this, Katie, is that because we cannot control the future. We cannot control the what or the where. So honestly, if we're saying this option helps me to do more of what I want to do, that might be your plan, but that might not be what actually happens. COVID was a fantastic example of this. Tons of people graduated without opportunities to get jobs in May of 2020. Tons of people that had jobs and they were excited about got laid off. Tons of people had potential promotions coming up that they were really excited about or moving to other companies or industries that they were excited about that did not happen just because we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to happen. And then the who is so important because our what should not be what defines us. Who we are is the most important thing. And we can actually control that. We can control being the type of person that's kind or the type of mom that spends a lot of time with their kids or the type of girl that is a mentor and generous with their time. We can decide to be like that person, but when we're picking career, we need to be thinking through that lens. Does this allow me 
to do this. I'll give a quick example of this. One of the girls that just went through our career breakthrough program, she was in the middle of it. She works for a professional sports team. She's dating someone seriously, but she works four nights to five nights a week, four to five nights a week, but she's dating someone seriously and she has dreams of being a really involved mom. Now it is hard, hard to be a really involved mom and work four to five nights a week, sometimes until like one or 2 a.m. So as we got to this point and as we were listing out her options, because she felt stuck, but she didn't know how to articulate it, it was, does this allow you to become who you want to be in the future? And the answer was a resounding, no, it doesn't. And it gave her so much more clarity and confidence to eliminate some of those options on the list. So that's question number three. Y'all know Jesus-loving young couples are the chai tea to my latte, which is why I'm so excited to partner with Upward Dating App. It's a new app for Christian singles looking for meaningful relationships. I'm so passionate about helping you define what matters, and most girls I mentor say the number one non-negotiable as it relates to dating is having a shared faith, which is very, very good and so important. So my friends, here is my wish for you. Number one, understand the incredible love Christ has for you. Fall head over heels with the only man who can truly complete you. His name is Jesus. Number two, love that beautiful girl staring back at you in the mirror and the incredible masterpiece that God made you to be. And number three, go download the Upward Dating app and walk with clear intentions into a healthy, Jesus-loving relationship. By the way, please DM me the wedding pictures. That's very good. I, when I was in high school and even early college, and I don't even know where this came from, to be honest. I wanted to be a dermatologist. And this is just young and dumb, honestly. This is the reason I came to this. I don't even know. Like I, I liked to pop zits and I was into skincare. That was my <laughs> only reasoning. <laughs> and as God would have it, I worked as a, you know, just kind of filing papers girl at a dermatology office all through college. Actually, my fraternity big brother was the son of the local dermatologist. So it all worked out. But but I realized there's way more blood and guts than I had ever thought of. And it didn't even occur to me that, yeah, I want to be an involved mom and working, you know, late hours at all the, you know, as a, I don't know, I didn't put any of these things together that I would actually have to touch blood and guts for a living. So yeah, I decided to be a marketing major instead. <laughs> well, there you go. And that's, that's a part of it, right? Who, yeah. who do you want to be? And that does come down as sometimes you just have to experiment. Sometimes you just have to take the hit, go file papers, go do the free internship just to get that experience. This is what my wife did when she was out of college. She just, this could be relevant for some people right now, but she didn't have a job for the first six months out of college. And it was really hard for her. We got married three months after she graduated and then she didn't have a job for a little while after that. And so she just kind of started getting internships and started trying to feel it out. And eventually she found out, I want to be the type of person that gets to influence an organization. That's the type of person that I want to be. I want to be the type of person that gets to influence the way that not just that they run, but how they take care of their people. Because when you can run really effectively and efficiently, but you have the mentality towards helping people Oh, it's such a beautiful thing in a company. 
And she actually went to an interior design firm in Atlanta because she's on Zillow all the time and she has a really good eye for it. And she said, hey, can I come like do whatever you need for 10 hours a week? And I'll do it for free. Like, I don't even care. I'll just come do this. And they're like, yeah, sure. Come on. Three years later, she's the director of operations. She was their first full-time employee. And she gets to dictate how the company runs and how they take care of their people. Because that's who she wanted to become. She graduated top of her class at a very successful business school in Georgia. But she was focusing more on the who. And the journey took a little bit longer. But now, in her late 20s, she's crushing it, running a company of awesome people that she's gotten to build and gotten to hire almost every single person there. But it's because she focused on the who. And so her journey took a little bit longer, which honestly is a little discouraging sometimes. We can't see forward in our journey, but we can always look back and see, oh, those were the points. That's how the puzzle fits together. And if you focus on the who, that looking back is going to make a lot more sense along the way. This is so good. Yes. Okay. So I'm writing these down. Which of these options helps me become who I want to be? I love that. All right. Bring us to number four. All right. The last one, last one of these questions, which of these options aligns with my values and my strengths? And so our values are the things that we think are important, the characteristics that we aspire to and we believe to be important in other people and other organizations. And here's the thing, our values themselves are not inherently good or bad. Other people's values are not inherently good or bad. They're just might be different. And so when you're making decisions about your career options based on your values, here's something that was a game changer for me and is a game changer for other people. Is our values help us make these decisions not with right or wrong, like they're wrong or I'm wrong, but maybe aligned versus misaligned. If you take that job, if you go do this, if you stay where you are, if you apply for that promotion, is that more aligned with your values or less aligned with your values? And that's just super helpful to think about that way because right or wrong is way too much pressure. And it's just not a helpful way of thinking about it. So alleviate some of that pressure, take some of that anxiety, am I going to make a mistake off? Because you're looking at it through the lens of aligned versus misaligned by looking at your personal values. And then your strengths are just, what are the things that bring me energy? What are the things that I'm just naturally drawn towards? What's the activity that I can do? And after four hours of doing it, I'm actually more excited, more energized. And that time did not at all feel like four hours. It felt more like 30 minutes. Now, what's interesting, Katie, that I want to point out about strengths, and this comes from Don Clifton and Marcus Buckingham and everybody in the strengths finders world is that strengths are not our skills. Strengths are not what we are good at per se. They're not performance-based. We could be really, really good at something and hate it. I don't know if you've had a job like that, but I've had multiple jobs like that where I'm crushing it, my performance is off the charts, but I'm miserable. I'm exhausted. 
I'm drained. And some of the listeners here might be experiencing that. Let's say I'm actually up for a promotion that I'm really scared about. (laughs) I'm actually being asked to do more because I'm doing so well because I work hard, but I don't want to do any of it because it drains me. And that's how we know about strengths. What are our strengths? But we also could be, (laughs) we could be really bad at something that we love. That's generally what's called a hobby, right? We're not good enough at it to get paid for it. But I think we're starting to see this in the rise of the side gig and the rise of like Etsy and Shopify and selling your little hobby online is people are starting to spend more time on their strengths and their strengths are starting to increase in skills to the point where they're actually becoming good enough at it to make a little money. Ideally, we would try to do that in our full-time jobs over a long period of time. So after we've made our list of options, question one, we've eliminated options from the list that's not redeeming, question two, and then we've eliminated more that say, this doesn't help me, these options don't help me to become who I want to become. Then we can start to look at our values. Does this align or misalign with my values with what's important to me. And we can cross them off the list and then strengths. And the reason values and strengths is last is because sometimes, and I'm going to say it, I know somebody needs to say it. Sometimes we just have to do stuff we don't like. It's just reality. It's the world we live in because the world is broken. That's why we need to do work that's redeeming because the world itself is broken. That's why that's the first one of these elimination questions, because the world's broken. So sometimes we don't get to do things that align or misalign with our values, but we do need to do things that absolutely are redeeming and help us focus on the who. And then once we get past those, maybe we went from 50 options to now we're at 10. Now we can say, okay, which of these aligns or misaligns with my values? Which of these aligns or misaligns with my strength? And we can start to pursue those. And you just went from a super overwhelming list or a half list and the other half unknown to a solid list of options that you feel really, really great about and are really, really helpful. I love this. And my brain was churning, which is dangerous. But anyways, (laughs) I was thinking about how, you know, we mentioned the side hustle and that's very trending right now, of course, like, you know, quit your day job and go pursue your dreams. And I'm here for that conversation. And I like, you know, I'm a cheerleader of, of all of the stuff you're talking about. Like, I think this is all good, but I just also curious, like the unpopular opinion of what you said, sometimes you have to do stuff you don't want to do. Like, I guess just maybe talk about that for a second. You know, sometimes the burgers have to be flipped, you know, sometimes things are not your dream job, but perhaps they'll lead to it or or I don't know, just the, the unpopular opinion of what it looks like to work. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. I totally get what you're trying to yeah. say. And I, I have so many thoughts on this. My first thought though is, and typically this is what I would want to someone to do, is if they were to say, hey, I don't really like this, or I don't really want to do this. My question would be, why? Why don't you want to do it? And if it's be simply because, oh, it's inconvenient to me or it's not what I like. What I would say is, good, 
you're aware, you're self-aware. Like that's a good thing. Lots of people don't know that stuff. But here's what I learned both from having been in those types of jobs and having led others that were being in those types of jobs or types of activities is when you do what you don't want to do, there's really a few big things that happen. One is we start to gain resilience. And if you want to be a CEO or you want to be a 100% stay-at-home mom, if you want to be the next Sarah Blakely or and just crush what you're doing and be like the name in whatever the industry is, or you just want to live in a small town and go to kids' soccer practice, neither one of those is bad, but both are going to take resilience. Both require resilience. And it doesn't, resilience doesn't get built up by doing all the things you like. So this goes back to the who. If you want to become the type of person that's kind or influential or whatever that is, in the moments where it's inconvenient for you to be that way, you have to build up the resilience so that you still are that way in the midst of that moment. So that's my big point number one. (laughs) The second one, and I'm going deep spiritual Bible here, is the one who we are supposed to be like, the one who we strive to be like, didn't do fun things. (sighs) Jesus is like the ultimate example of not doing fun things. But I think what's really important is understanding Jesus's motivation. The motivation goes back to my second question. So there's there's themes here. You're seeing this, Katie. Yeah. Redemption. He came to redeem the world. That's what he did at the cross. The world was broken. I am broken. You are broken. Everyone needs a savior. And he did stuff that he did not like for the purpose of redemption. And now look what's happened. And now look at who he is and where he is sitting sitting at the right hand of God. So there's purpose in that struggle, that pain. There's a reason for it. And when our attitude is right, then it's not just that we can bear it and we just kind of like, bleh, go through it. I'll just deal with it because some of us are responsible that way. When our attitude is right, we start to see it through a different lens of this is good because I'm helping to redeem. And one more little Bible point here, because I have to, is I'm in the middle of reading first and second Samuel right now. And first Samuel has this picture of David running from Saul for years and years and hiding in caves and going and living over at the Philistines. Yet he trusted that God had a calling on his life to be king. And you see that he has multiple opportunities to kill Saul, which would have meant not just taking out the person who was constantly trying to kill him, but also forcibly taking the throne. If he killed Saul those multiple times, he would have taken matters into his own hands, taken his hard, not fun situation, living in caves, running for his life, and he would have been king almost instantly. And all those problems would have gone away. But he trusted. God's call and God's plan on his life. And it took years, but he trusted. And what you see is that 
Other people trusted him because he trusted God. Other people respected him because he respected God. Other people honored him because he honored God in the waiting on God's calling. So when we're in the waiting, when we're, I think Christine Kane says, when we're in the dark room where no one can see us and the film's being developed and we can't see what's there yet, it's in that time when we're doing those hard things we don't want to, that we're actually being prepared for something better. And we're actually being prepared for what God has for us next. So don't despise where you're at because it's meant to contribute to where you're going. Oh, brother, take me to church. That was good. <laughs> yeah, we went from career coaching to church real fast. <laughs> and, well, and it's so related. And I want you to talk about that in a second. But it's so funny that you mentioned that Saul and David part, because I was actually just talking about that yesterday with a girl that I mentor. So that's wild. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, so people don't talk about this much. And I, I bet you have a lot of wisdom on this. Your work, your job is in a way like, your worship and the way you grow closer to God. And, you know, so, so often we don't connect those two, but there is so much when it comes to growing your faith through what your profession is, even if you are a floor sweeper. So I'm curious your thoughts on that. So many. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I really, one of the first things that comes to my mind going back to David again is when Samuel, the prophet goes to Jesse in Bethlehem, David's dad. And he has, Jesse lines up all his sons in front of Samuel and Samuel kind of goes through and says, none of these are the one. And then he says, do you have any other sons? And he calls David in from the field and Samuel looks at him and he's sort of unimpressed. And God just kind of speaks to him and says, hey, it's man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the inward appearance. And I think my struggle, I'll speak for only myself, is my struggle is to, in that moment, be David. It's to put myself as David in the story and say, oh, yeah, well, maybe I don't have it all together, but God looks at the inward, the heart, not just the outward, and one day I'm going to be king. And Mm -hmm. we forget sometimes that there's actually only one David in the Bible, and then there's like millions of other people that were of the people of Israel living in the land of Israel at the time, but it does not take away from the truth that God looks at the inward. God looks at the heart. And on the day where we go to heaven, all of that stuff's going to be exposed. And it's not just going to be exposed for the intention of our heart. It's going to be exposed for the glory of God. And it's going to show, hey, I was here for the glory of God. I was here to say, my creator created me in this moment to do something, and I'm going to reflect him because he is perfect and he's excellent, and what he does is great work. And so when I do great work, whatever the work is that I'm doing, I'm going to do it to reflect my creator. So when someone says, Katie, you did an awesome job cleaning those toilets, you get to say, yeah, I am awesome at that. You know why? Because God is awesome and he would be freaking cleaning these toilets like a boss too. Yeah. You don't actually have to say that, but I will say (laughs) the main thing is, and I've seen this in nonprofit. I've seen this in church world. I've seen this in for-profit all the way around. When you do good work, your opportunity to share 
shines. When you do good work, your opportunity to share shines. And I don't mean necessarily share the gospel, but I mean to share your life, to share your thoughts, to share what's important to you. As an example, I was in my first job out of college was an internship at a lumber company doing marketing. And I got to be honest with you, I've never taken a marketing class in my life. I had never been in Photoshop or Illustrator in my entire life. And they wanted me to design flyers for wood. My dream at that time was to go work for a church. So I was designing advertisements for wood versus working in a church. I could not be like so different, right? In a different place. But the commitment was, I'm going to do great work here. Even if I have to stay later on this Illustrator program that I don't understand. And my third to last day of work, I was presenting everything. Honestly, I don't think they used a single thing that I did. (laughs) (laughs) But I worked really hard and I got in this meeting with the executive team of this company and we're on a lunch break and someone randomly brings up this question of, they were talking about LGBTQ rights in the community in Atlanta where I was. And they turned to me, one of them turned to me and said, well, Todd, you're a Christian. What do you think about it? And I'm sitting in a room with all of these executives with their ear to have a conversation with them about this huge controversial thing that was happening at the time. I mean, this is a while ago when this happened. So at the time it was probably more controversial than it is now. And I don't think that would have happened Katie, unless I had worked my tail off doing something I really didn't enjoy, but it led to that opportunity. So. No, that's so good. I'm I'm thinking whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. I have met people serving fast food with the biggest grin and the biggest thrill and joy for what they're doing. And I have met CEOs who are just miserable human beings. And I think a hundred percent, like what, you know, everything you just said is, is fire. (laughs) So good. You're hundred percent right. All right. So you have given so much good nuggets as it relates to career and everything. What is it that you have coming up? I know you have a course and some really exciting stuff. Tell them about all the incredible things that you offer at LaunchPoint. Yes. Well, uh, I'm just one, I'm really excited to be able to tell you guys all those four questions that we just went through. There's actually a free course uh, on our website, launchpoint.co, launchpoint.co. And it's a free course that you guys can go on, go through these questions. They're little videos that are going to help you think through how to do this well. So and say, if you're looking to transition, that's great. If you're just looking to make a decision, this is one of the beautiful parts about these four questions. They don't just apply to career. They apply to other decisions as well. So you can go there. But what I am really excited about, I am excited about that. But I am really excited about is our challenge that's coming up that uh, I would love for you guys to be a part of. It's the Career You Want Challenge. And in this five days, it's completely free for you to come to starting on May 17th. So I think at the time of the release, it's going to be in about a week. And this challenge is going to give you the opportunity to be with me and all the other people that come to the challenge. And we're going to talk through the step-by-step guide to narrowing down your options, 
you're actually going to narrow down options that you have. And by the end of those five days, you're actually going to take your first step in the right direction, in a direction for a career that you want. So we're going to do a lot of really awesome work. You're going to get a lot of wins from it. And I really believe, I'm going to say this, it's going to sound either cliche or like, I'm just too hype, but it's not. I really believe it's going to change your career and change your life. I 100% believe that because we're not just talking about your next job move. We're talking about the direction of your life and your career. And that has so much implication for the rest of your life. So join me. It's careeryouwantchallenge.com. Careeryouwantchallenge.com. And it's going to be awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. No, I don't think you can underestimate the importance of choosing the career you want to and, and knowing how to ask those questions. So I love that you offer this service to the world. It is a very redeeming job that you offer the universe. <laughs> I have fun doing it too, which really helps. I don't know if you could tell by my voice <laughs> during yes. this, but this is so fun. I love it. All right. So I have to ask everyone in closing, if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self, what would you say? If I could have coffee with my 20 year old self, I would say it's going to be okay. And I'm pulling this. It's funny. Justin Bieber's new song that just came out, it's going to be okay. Literally the first time I heard it, I was in tears. I was crying so overwhelmed just with what I felt like he was communicating through the song. And it's not just Bieber. It's on his Bieber has a way of doing that though. (laughs) But gosh, he just pulls on those heartstrings a little bit sometimes. But just, it's going to be all right. That's just the anthem of that song. And it's going to be all right. And just hearing God saying that to me, even right now, I would totally say that to myself. And then the second thing I would say is I would pause and I would say, no, seriously, trust me. (laughs) It's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Yes. Because in your 20s, you're like, oh, but this, but this, you're like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I love that. Yeah. But not from from like a dad or uncle perspective, like a me to me perspective, like it's going to be all right. Maybe even Justin Bieber, Justin Bieber saying it to you. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. He is. He made a song just for us. He did. He did. I don't, I'm not sure I would have, uh, nothing against your Biebs, but I'm not sure I would have trusted you 10 years ago. But now he's a whole new man. I know. But a whole I new it. man. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Okay. So one more shout out for the website so they can get this career challenge. Yes. Career you want challenge.com career you want challenge.com and we will see you there it's going to be awesome boom awesome well thank you so much todd for being here and thank you so much for all that you do to offer the world and to help people make healthy career choices you're amazing you're amazing katie thanks for all that you do and so grateful to be on here with you today i'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the truth for your 20s podcast would you help a sister out and take a screenshot right wherever you're listening and share it on your social give me a tag at katie Wilmer life so i can give you a big thank you you sharing it you leaving your reviews on itunes is the best possible compliment you can give Hey, let's continue to hang out. We have a private community called Truth For Your 20s over on Facebook. So just go to groups, search Truth For Your 20s and come join the party. Special thanks to Upward for sponsoring this episode. Make sure you go check them out in the app store.